Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 378 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 378. So each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live TV show, This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time on the Hospitality TV channel. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review this week... Um, one is back into the discussion for the reason, obviously, when we start talking about technique. Two are related to this now because of our technique. So let's get to the three tools we want to talk about today. The one that we have talked about before in times past and have always been a, a huge advocate of is Awario. A-W-A-R-I-O dot com. Awario allows you to monitor whatever topic and or domain that you ask it to. Um, this is a wonderful hand on the pulse of content and conversation and influencers and what is being said about whatever it is you're interested in tracking. I mean, when I mean follow stuff, it's between Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, Vimeo, blogs, forums, news, and on the web. It catches, and I'm always impressed of how it catches such a diversity of content uh, from amazing amounts of different sources. And so for that reason, it's a great listening device uh, for getting a sentiment because it will determine sentiments. It's a great device for determining who are your hidden influencers, people that are active in the dialogue space about either the topic and or site that you're looking to track. And for that reason, you can cultivate very keen insights on what people are saying about what it is you're looking to track, whether it's your destination market, whether it's your particular hotel, whether it's your competitor's hotel, whether it's a overall topic, an event, a holiday, whatever it is related to what you're interested in tracking, all the content associated with it. Quite extensive, quite interesting. So that is wario.com. Second tool that I'd like to talk to, uh, it has grown up. When I first picked up Peak Metrics. Um, a while back, and this is peakmetrics.com. It was a startup. I always get, as you know, a lot of these tools, if not most all of them, on uh, AppSumo, which, of course, the link to my affiliate program for it is on there, not because I just talked about so many tools on AppSumo. I figured I might as well just get some benefit of being able to buy and feed my addiction by saying, if you're interested in the tools I discuss, use the link. No extra cost to you when you use it, but it does give me credit for having the ability to direct somebody to the platform had you never used it before. So Peak Metrics started as a means of listening as well. Uh, you would selectively choose, uh, and this is a little, it was, it's a little bit different in the robustness of what it tracks, because I've noticed that Peak Metrics has grown beyond just the literal of what you're looking, like follow this website, or follow this person, or follow this topic, to a, a broadening, and this is where I think it's grown up, a broadening of information and relationship to what you're asking. So even though you didn't say follow the variant of X, it begins to include the variant of X because you asked it to follow X. It begins to understand what you're trying to track and it begins to draw in other content that it feels is relevant. Now, sometimes it misses the mark and it's very, at first it was, um, where's that in there for? And now it's getting like, oh, now I see why that got pulled in. And this content is really fun to be able to see because it, it, 
it's global, first off, so sometimes you may not be aware that your destination, perhaps, or your newsworthy uh, attention to your market is actually a global dialogue. And you begin to see other factors and you begin to see other influencers. For instance, I found one that was in another country entirely that was totally dedicated to the destination market I was interested in. Did not know that, but they were literally the spokesperson for their country's populations who travel to the destination I was tracking. So it was a fun discovery uh, to see some in-depth variations. Now, plus also, and this is where I think Peakmetrics does an exceptionally good job, it, it does a excellent amount of following of news. Uh, there's a dedicated way of looking particularly for news and uh, as one of the filters and modifiers that you're looking for. So you can really just say and begin to segment out how you track data of saying, I only want to follow news related to this topic or this destination or this comp or me or whatever in comparison to the gathering of news with something, let's say, like a Wario. So that is peakmetrics.com. Um, the third and final tool for today's discussion is, uh, uh, I wouldn't say an oldie, but a goodie. It's actually relatively new, and I've, I've been using it for a while. We mentioned it uh, in show number 367, I believe. Um, so go past a few weeks, and I've really begun to lean on this, and it's called Brandalizer.com. B-R-A-N-D, um, oh, excuse me, B-R-A-N-A. L Y Z E R. So it's a fun expelling of brand brand analyzer. Uh, it's brandalyzer.com. Uh, link will be in the show notes just in case I keep spelling it wrong or saying it wrong for you to understand how to write it down or remember it. Brandalyzer, um, <laughs> very fun in very many ways because this allows you to get very granular in tracking down sentiment, history, keywords, backlinks. Uh, top pages, uh, when I say sentiment, I also mean malicious content about things uh, where there's a negative impact to the content you're tracking. It creates great uh, reports. It tracks down uh, social. It also adds a lot of localization to the searches. It allows you to find out what is being spoken in a geographic area. Uh, it does, uh, obviously, searching the results stuff is, is really interesting. Plus, it has a really neat functional, what they call hunter tool, which allows you to pursue things that you don't know you need to know about until you start asking the right questions. A lot of times uh, we are, are face value with our research. Well, I want to track this and you feel it's a very clear objective. But really, in fact, what you're looking for is the variant of what you're inspired for. And I say this, just think of your Amazon searches. You're looking for what you think you need only to find out there's a whole branch of products that are better suited to solving what you need and nothing that you knew existed. That's kind of what Hunter does. It allows you to find those things that you're like, I didn't know that, or I didn't know there was that perspective, or I didn't know that was the terminology that people were used. So often, especially in the marketing side of what we do, uh, terms, hashtags, um, acronyms um, all get changed and modified. Uh, we don't understand what they are. And of course, people abbreviate their conversations anyway. And you, if you don't know how to track that in social media, you don't know to look for it. So you may be thinking you're tracking very clearly a topic, but that topic has become an abbreviated uh, jumble of letters that you don't understand what it means. And I say this as an example, like living in Southwest Florida here, you would know from any tracking of trends and so forth that the hashtag for the geography that I live in is hashtag SWFL. That is the defunct uh, authoritative 
tracking people have variations gulf uh, coast or whatever but the real one that is a keynote on most social platforms that use hashtag facebook twitter being the key you know talk obviously um is the ability to go over and identify it with the most used hashtag and we have other trackers that teach about how to look at hashtags hashtag trackers we've had those in previous shows but our topic tools today require these three so the third tool is brandalyzer.com b-r-a-n-a-y-l-y-z-e-r.com and that brings us to our technique of the week now for this week's hospitality technique so our technique this week is titled influencing the influencers how to discover and validate influencer marketing now we have tackled this topic in a couple of different ways over time we've gone through tools that actually look for and discover particular influencers we've looked at tools that uh, allow you to communicate with influencers solicit influencers create contracts with influencers we talked about contracts for influencers we talked about guidelines and rules about establishing relationships with influencers we're talking a higher level or perhaps an inversion a deeper perspective of what we mean by influencing influencers and influencer marketing because really in order to find the people best suited to collaborate with and increase your exposure for what reasons you're looking for them exponentially by the uh, accessing of their dedicated audiences it's about understanding the market that you reside in from an outside perspective of yours Um, I often said when I ran hotels I loved bringing on people to the hotel industry hospitality industry that hadn't worked into it before I mean obviously they worked in a restaurant but they never worked in a hotel I like the people that didn't work at hotels uh, for the line positions that we were looking for them for because they brought a perspective of the customer with them I often give this example that a person that is unfamiliar with the operations of a hotel if they were to walk up to a front desk of our hotel and nobody was behind the front desk they would wonder why yet we might go over and having been tainted by working in the industry for a while say oh well that's a shift change or that's uh we just reduced our staff from three to to, to one and that person's in the back pulling reports or whatever the excuse operationally logistically it is is not in the mind of the new hire the newbie okay because they only see the fact that there isn't somebody behind the front desk when they're coming up to the front desk that clarity that that purity of view is what um you need to discover from the perspective outside of your own because as you run your own business you have your perspective of you you can quickly dismiss negative comments because of the circumstances surrounding it the conditions that it was created in. you immediately begin to mentally defend yourself where somebody that's on the outside that isn't you that's not on your payroll or doesn't run your business or what have you sees it for what it is and that is these people for whatever reason you think didn't like xyz and that's why they're saying something uh or you're not perceived in this way because of abc and it's true because as much as you think you're compensating for any deficiencies in your from your SWOT analysis or anything um and in fact it isn't people are still seeing you the way they saw you um you may see that you love the pictures of your hotel but it's blank it's sterile they're highly stylized there's nobody in them and it's basically your porta cachet and your front logo you love it because your owner loves it and if your owner loves it then you his employee love it and somebody on the outside going that benefits me in no way what i want to see is pictures of rooms or awareness of what your food choices are or your amenities and what have you 
And even though you may have them, they may not be readily available and you're presenting in a way that people just don't see it in the light that other people do. And unfortunately, because it's your business, you see it in a very biased view, as do also your opportunities with your comp sets. Looking at your comp set, you see it from a business perspective of advantage, disadvantage, opportunity versus uh, weakness. And a third party that's not engaged with all that sees it as, well, that hotel does have that as a benefit, and this hotel over here does have that as a benefit. It's really a choice of which benefit you find more valuable, and it frustrates you as the business owner of one of them to say, no, 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 we have that too, maybe just not the same way or whatever. The idea is that influencers have a different vernacular talking with other outside people that aren't working for you or working for your competitors that resonates. That influencer relationship is based on your knowledge and awareness of those perceptions. And that comes from listening and learning as to what is being said, perceived, and acted on with their unbiased perspective of your business. And that comes from using tools like a Wario, like Peakmetrics, like Brandalizer, that gives you a sense of not looking for Suzy Q, social media influencer, micro, macro, or uh, whatever. uh, influencer, like we talked about a few uh, episodes back, three episodes back, actually, on the levels of influencers, reviewing and influencers. Uh, this is this is talking about what it is topically or conversationally or content-wise that you need to bring into a discussion that would involve people like influencers. That you're not just using the influencers for the pure purpose of rate and date offering, like, hey, we'll give you this, go to your audiences, tell them because you like our place, which you do, right? Because we're giving you money. Tell them they get a discount for staying with us should they exercise the link we're giving you, right? That's a very biased influencer use. I'm not saying it can't be done that way. And we haven't, in fact, done things like that where it's easy to sell uh, an audience that's very dedicated to the destination and we're a product that they would like to stay at. It's a very easy conversation to have with an influencer to solicit their following to participate in any offer that we've offered the influencer. But that has to be very clearly spoken, as we've seen in news recently with Kardashians who were selling, uh, settling for millions of dollars because they weren't clear on the fact that they were being, in, um, they were being paid for their endorsement. So for that reason, we need to make sure that if we do go that way, that it's very clear. As also, if we engage an influencer to unbiasedly talk about us, that should equally be shared. That we did pay them, but they're unbiased into their perspective. We didn't ask them to only give us a favorable insight. These things need to be conveyed. But again, going back to how people perceive you, you may not even be aware of a perspective of your business. And as you reach out for influencers, if you try to square peg a round hole with forcing them to speak well of you when in fact that they know you're not perceived in that light, then you're really just wasting money because you're not going to get the results you're pursuing for the money you're spending with the influencer. The influencer may choose not to even do it with you because it's too much against the grain of what they see your product is about. And the reason why you're using them as an influencer, of course, is because they're highly heightened aware of your market and how you are in it. So for all of those reasons, it's important to make sure that you understand how people are perceiving you. And just from a general negotiation point of view, it's never good not to be aware of the things that influence what you're about to spend money on. And if an influencer sees that you don't know the hashtags for your market, that you don't know the general consensus, positive or negative, of your business, that you don't know how your competitors are perceived in comparison to you, if you don't know what are the things that are people most interested in that you're a part of, 
It can be a one-sided conversation that is leveraged against you. It's not that you have to be omni-aware omni -aware of everything. You should be fluently aware of these things so that you can actively dialogue. It's not a crime to ask a question. It's actually a blessing. Asking an influencer what they see, asking an influencer how they see it, asking an influencer what they think they can do is to open up to the value proposition what the influencer can do for you, which adds to the aspect of these tools we talked about with the Awarios, Peak Metrics, and Brandalizer. Sometimes it's not about getting an influencer to interact with you. It's about getting an influencer to act with you, that they, they can be a wonderful research tool. Um, that gives you insights and it may have nothing to do with them reaching back to their audiences and discussing what your product is. It may be just their complete awareness of the market or their heightened awareness of your market that gives you valuable insights or at least things to consider and ponder that would change and influence your decision-making models. We have used influencers that we have discovered on Awario that we saw, wow, this person is constantly talking about our market. They're constantly aware of what's going on in our market. Let's reach out to them. And this was a average person, micro-influencer, less than 45,000 followers on any one platform, okay, that we really just said, hey, can we talk to you? And and first thing we got from them is like, look, I don't do sponsorships or I don't, you know, it's like, I love what I do and, and talk about what I love. And, uh, you know, I you know it's fine for me to talk to you, but I'm not going to do, I'm not going to go under contract with them. We're like, no, that's fine. We'd like to compensate you for your time. But if you don't even want that, what we really want to do is ask questions. We got such great insight on things that we didn't see because of our biased perspective about how we're seen in the in the, in, in the market that we changed our marketing strategy. We, we changed the voice of how we were saying things because it made a difference on how people perceived our hotel. So for that reason, influencers can be used in a variety of ways. But the key element is the fluency of understanding the content and the dialogue that is surrounding your business and your market in such a way that you are fluent in it. Again, no, you don't have to be omnipresent. You have to don't be need to be the all knowledgeable, although it doesn't hurt to be more as informed as possible. But being fluent in knowing what it is that's being discussed in your market is a critical component to the idea of influencing the influencers. So that's our technique of the week, influencing the influencers, how to discover and validate influencer marketing. And that brings us to our news and show review. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. News and show review. All right. <laughs> show review, uh, we'll, we'll hit that one first because in all honesty, it was, uh, uh, wow, news is going to be rough to talk about today. So our live show discussing influencers, reviews, testimonials, and referrals, the shifting sands of social. We did talk about influencer levels between celebrity, macro, micro. Um, we talked about uh, the value of testimonials versus reviews and a referral. Um, the idea is, and we had this discussion in the live show, which I highly recommend you go listen to. Uh, we spent only about 40 minutes on the conversation because it was very succinct towards the actual influencer categories. Celebrities, of course, anybody that has uh, 250,000 followers and up. Macro is 250,000 down to 50,000. Micro is less than 50,000. The idea is, just like any social engagement, we discussed this at length, um, when you have social engagement, you have views. Yay, they saw our post. Do you have um, a, a reaction, okay, where it's a like or a smile, okay, likes. And then you have a, a comment, okay, which can be in addition to the same thing as an acknowledgement of, oh, okay, uh, this was great, thank you for sharing, whatever. The real valuable aspect is when they share 
what you've posted to somebody. That is the highest value engagement that you can get in a social platform because that means it was such a worthy representation of what they wanted to represent themselves as, they shared your content with somebody they thought would find it interesting. Same too between testimonials, reviews, and a referral. Testimonials, okay, are gathered and owned by the business. They're the ones we go out to our guests and say, hey, we noticed that you said some great things about us in a review. Um, we'd love to go over and ask if you would be happy to record something positive about us and we'll use it to show people that our guests you uh really enjoyed our services and products that's a business managed thing okay we get a testimonial obviously some people it goes unsolicited they're our advocates they say man this was once again a great time so forth and so on and they're more than willing to do that without your solicitation but that is really um a kind of a referral in a way that is where they control it you don't as a business reviews um, are usually collected by a third party uh, the trip advisors of the world the expedias uh, uh, the googles which is the key element one um, reviews are a means that a third party will validate your perspective um, of quality of service and product because they're monitoring as people say things about you and of course a referral is where they are so enamored with you, they they become an advocate of you that they actually seek out others to tell of their positive experience to you. And all of these have different levels of value. Uh, obviously, referrals are the highest because that means that that person took it upon themselves to go out to others to speak about what they think they should do by with your product, buy your product, stay with you, whatever it is. That's the highest level of engagement you can get. Uh, from a, a previous guest. Then it goes from there down to reviews, being just a thank you for taking your time to comment about your experience with us, okay? And it go influencers. Uh, the thing we talked about in the live show at great lengths was um, celebrity influencers have a blunt instrument to them. You hit numbers, but you don't hit conversions. By the inherently, the numbers that you do hit, you do get conversions that make it worth it. But the cost of it sometimes is, was it worth that much? And that's the tough one. If you're looking for limelight and spotlight, uh, celebrity endorsements are great. Uh, Ryan Reynolds has a great one example. It was like uh, when he would lean into his uh, um, gin, uh, the the idea was that uh, uh, it was fun. He he does great ads, great off center fourth uh, the fourth you know, four, the third wall marketing kind of stuff, fourth wall fourth wall marketing. Excuse me, um, it makes it fun. Those kind of endorsements have a huge resonating value to them. However, they're incredibly expensive. They're usually reserved for brands that have enough of a presence that that kind of celebrity acknowledgement is valuable for all of their brand. That being said, some small brands look at the Oprah effect. When Oprah loved a certain soap or whatever, that small little business got overwhelmed by the demand for their product and put several small businesses on the large business map, so to speak. So it's not, it, it, there's a two edge to it. There's a positive and negative. Macro ones have uh, the same type of large scale influencing to them. However, uh, it's much more tailored and topic driven because it's not just the celebrity status talking about whatever they want to talk about. It's a person that has such a large audience particular to what it is that they have the audience for. Not their celebrity status, but their content that they provide. And then a micro, 
which is my most preferred, is the one that is truly dedicated and engaged with such a granular perspective of what they discuss. They have a very loyal, highly engaged audience with them. And I find that that has the most value in that part of what we do for hotels. Um, and so for that reason, we tend to lean into the micro uh, influencers a, a large amount. So these are, like I said, we discussed all this on the live show uh, of uh, influencers, reviews, testimonies, and referrals, the shifting sands of social. Uh, combines a lot with our podcast discussion today in relationship to Awario, Peak Metrics, and Brandalyzer as our tools and influencing the influencers, which is our technique. Let's hit the news, shall we? Twitter. It is melting. Um it's way to be seen as to everything that's going to go on, but it has seen what's happened with the verification buttons, the the, uh, the auditing, the exoduses, the terminations, the um, wholesale, uh, just people buying the little blue dot and then becoming and emulating uh, companies that, and being fake about it and creating a distrust and lack of, of uh, clarity for the platform. It's, it really is amazing to see what we didn't think we would see from two, the two largest social media platforms, and I say that with the caveat being the TikTok has the largest volume audience by time on the internet at this point above Google and Facebook and everything else. And nobody even said TikTok would ever be able to become anything because at the time, Twitter and Facebook were, there'll never be a Twitter, there'll never be another Facebook is what they were saying. Just like back in the day, there would never be another McDonald's or another Burger King. It, you know, it can't be redone the way they did it. And here it is, TikTok has already proven them wrong. But more importantly, to see both of those massively large entities going into the spirals, Twitter especially, their degradation of an authority, all they are is a mouthpiece for anybody that wants to say something, legitimate or not and no verification that they're even the person saying it. And so even though it's a mouthpiece of people on Twitter and say, this is what this person says, you don't know if it's the real person saying it. So it's totally undermining the credibility of the platform. Facebook uh, losing for the first time at the beginning of this year, uh, this perpetual evergreen growth that they had going backwards in time where they lost more people than they gained. Second quarter income loss, revenue loss. Third quarter, the announcement of... Uh, how much money they're bleeding with Meta, uh, with the VR, and I love VR and everything else, but $74 billion, whew, really? Um, it's incredible to see both of these huge powerhouses in social, not that they've gone away, but that they're in, in this condition that they're in right now. Um, uh, Facebook losing lots of revenue because, of course, uh, their ability to third-party track is severely hampered. They underestimated that. Uh, Zuckerberg even noted that he underestimated the power of video, aka TikTok. Um, lots of things that uh, just didn't see in the world of social media changing as much as it's had and continues to change. We'll see how it unfolds over the next few weeks. Uh, so there you have it. Remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, tuned in. The list goes on 39 platforms and counting. Uh, we're even on Amazon's Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. Just ask any of those units to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast, and you'll get the latest edition, which will be this one. So no matter which one you may use, if you like the show, please rate us and leave a comment. Uh, that will help others, of course, find our content and gives us the, the feedback we so desperately crave and enjoy where we hear from you what it is you like us to talk about, such as this topic and or how we're doing on the job of talking about the topics that you like talking to us about. And of course, if this is your first time hearing it, smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you found us on. 
Akuru, the archives, archives of this podcast and the live show exist in a perpetual I Love Lucy reruns on the website of hospitalitychannel.tv. There you'll see the shows running. We keep cycling them through. We also, we have nine years of shows, so we have lots of shows. Uh, we're also going to categorize them according to content and guest hosts. So you'll see where you can look at your favorite guest hosts and see what they've said over the years, as also content and topics related to things like if you were to look up influencers, you'd find this under that category of discovery. Of course, if you want to watch us on your TV, you can do so on Roku TV, Google TV, Amazon TV, Apple TV. Just simply look for the hospitality channel. There is a pay gateway, but the live show is always on the free side of that, along with software and services, which we always offer for people to get a better perspective of products that are offered to our industry. The channel is dedicated to hospitality as a business. It is not a consumer-sided channel. It's not like a Diners and Drive-Ins and Dives or HGTV or anything like this. This is for people in the industry to learn more about the industry. And for that reason, it's, it's content's great. <laughs> I can only say the content is great. The learning curves, the information is great. And of course, if you join our hospitalitymarketing.club, which is an advanced um, hospitality marketers uh, peer group, uh, no basics. Matter of fact, you have to pass a quiz to get in. Then the TV channel is a gratis add-on to those that join the club. They get to watch the TV uh, with the code that we give them. Uh, but the Hospitality Marketing Club, uh, again, for journeyman and up, uh, hospitality marketers, this isn't here to teach you the basics of what PPC is. or what, It's about what to do better in the ways that you're doing it. Uh, there's plenty of places out there that will teach basic um, digital marketing. Uh, a lot of them, they don't even do it themselves. They just teach what they don't do, which is really weird, but the content's valuable. Anyway, um, hospitalitymarketing.club. Go check it out. Sign up if you're interested. I'll send you a quiz. If you pass the quiz, you get a free invite. We're doing it free until probably sometime beginning next year. Uh, we're building our community, making sure the community is valuable to those that have joined. And we do so before we, we're doing it before we start charging so that we can validate that it's worth staying with. So there you have it. As always, remember that we do do the live show this week in hospitality marketing, the live show every Friday morning, 1130 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. And then we recast it at 1130 a.m. Sydney, Australian time and recast 1130 a.m. Wednesday, uh, London time for our friends in APAC and EU. So with that, my name is Lauren Gray. Thank you for the privilege of your time and look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 378 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, all right reserved copyright 2022.